0: Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo
1: Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB, the Close of Business podcast. We're really happy to have you along with us for the 16th of February. Um, I'm here with Annette Beecher. Annette, how was the day?
0: Busy. She was a busy one. Just when the market was up, the market was down, it actually closed pretty solid by the end of the day.
1: I thought that was a really good performance overall. And there were many, many interesting stories in and amongst it. Hey, just when we were finishing up on air today, we did get news about Fortescue. Now, I feel like a bit of a goof because uh, I just sort of took the headlines, did a little quick read before coming in to on air, um, because the way that it was painted was sort of a lot to do with values and culture in terms of this Fortescue leadership changes. So if, just in case you're not across it, we got word that Greg Lillyman, who's COO, had resigned from his position, effective immediately. Uh, We also have had Don Hymer, director of projects, and Manny McDonald, director of Ironbridge, also resigning from the business. Derek Brown, current general manager of Solomon, has been appointed as acting director of projects with the support of Fortescue's senior projects team. But the headline, of course, was about Elizabeth Gaines and uh, the CFO foregoing any incentives as no the bonus for you. stepped down <laughs> and it all had to do with culture and values. But reading the release... The final
0: paragraph.
1: The detailed review for the <laughs> Iron Bridge Magnetite project is continuing and an update is expected on half year, the result day, February 18th. So there's something's gone wrong, right?
0: Something's gone wrong. And of course, we had a bit of a speculate with a couple of our final guests today as to why I guess... All I thought was if you really had such a big issue, why didn't you ask for a trading halt uh, before making that announcement? But no, as we were discussing the issue, the share price down at 5.1, I think at one point, uh, just on the sudden news. And of course, we're now left in an information vacuum waiting for the 18th.
1: I mean, because clearly management won't come out and talk before then. They couldn't anyways because nope. they're in a blackout, of course. So an interesting strategy being employed there. Look, obviously, we've got to bid in with the company. But uh, yeah, it took quite the plunge, recovered, because even on my Twitter feed, everybody's getting in there saying, wow, mm-hmm. buying opportunity for uh, opportunity Fortescue because... You know, if BHP is any indication to go Mm. by, this is going to be a very strong report that comes out on Thursday.
0: Absolutely, This is a commodity price super cycle, depending on whether you believe, whether it's a two, five or 10 year phenomenon, the last 12 months have certainly been on the
1: side of oil and iron ore at a minimum. So 11 month high is where we closed. Energy, materials, health doing very well. IT retails and utilities declined, but IT might mask what went on in BNPL. I'm getting all these acronyms. Um, (laughs) You know, Zipco, it's it's the standout. Afterpay had a bit of um, rotation perhaps into Zipco. I mean, again on Twitter, people saying, who are the big shareholders? Why are they not taking profits? But clearly... There's a belief that this story has a long way yeah. to run, particularly in the US. And you hate saying
0: more buyers than sellers, but that is certainly the case. And how did the ASX ask Zip what's going on? Like is it an email or it's a phone a query. Call? It's a price
1: query. They happen all the time, but it was I, I did tweet about it myself. Gosh, I'm dropping Twitter every once in a while. <laughs> that they can pay me later. But um yeah, it was just, it, it was sort of comical to read because the question that's put to them are you aware of any reason that has, um, you know, put your share price higher, yada, yada, Zipco? It's a quote. No, the company is not aware of any information <laughs> concerning it that has not been announced to the market. I mean, nope, more buyers than sellers. That's it. <laughs> what um, can you do? That's the market, isn't it? Um, and then, of course, reporting season. I mean, where to start with reporting season? If I take a look, at some of the best and worst performers today. If I look past Zipco, uh, I can look at Sims Metal Group is uh, one of the best performers, Bendigo, in the wake of yesterday's report. Mm -hmm. Interesting, I just noticed at the end of the session that 7West Media, so it was out yesterday. It announced that Google deal as well. It had a good share price lift. But again, when the brokers weighed in today, I mean, we're talking a 99%, I think, share price, um, uh, target price improvement that came through from... That was JP Morgan, sorry, 96%. Yeah, right, yeah. um, I think
0: broker update, I think the market reacts first, and then there seems to be a second round. I mean, that happened with Near Nap, right? After it yep. rebuked the J Capital, they had a rally, and then they rallied again when all the locals came out and said, well, you know what? Their share price could be three to 310. So it's sort of like a second round effect.
1: Yeah, well, and Near Map today, even though there was another J Cap report, yeah, a, a response rebuttal of a rebuttal. Near ra- yeah, yeah. um, Map <laughs> was up by one and a half percent today, but on that point, was Seven West. I mean, this is a big jump up 16% today. Granted, the share price has been under so much pressure, mm. you know, not just in the past year, it's recovered most ground, but, you know, for a very long time. Mm. It's a, it was, it's a it was challenged underperformance. Industry, yeah. right? Um, if you'd like to listen to our interview with James Warburton, uh, you can do so via the show notes. So he talked to us about digital strategy, talked to us about, you know, the fact that if, if there's a dollar and it's not being spent to cut debt or to create content, then it's not being spent at all. And he tells us about the first mover advantage he's convinced that they got in doing that that deal with Google News. Uh, you had a good conversation, I believe, uh, with what we did to end the day with Virtus Health. That's another company. Mm. Uh, I think one of the, the takeaways for me on that is that while we've praised the likes of Adair's today for giving back JobKeeper, Virtus seems to me like a business that really did need yes. that bridge to the valley. Because, Annette, that stimulus, I mean, we're not thinking that every company should give it back, right? That was no, 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 supposed to be a bridge across the valley. I think...
0: I think what the CEO was emphasising was they are highly skilled operators. So we're not talking about baristas and and bar staff that might be a bit more flexible in where they can deploy their employment prospects. I believe if you're in the IVF space... it's a lot harder to look elsewhere. And so in their case, they wanted them on the books such that when the lockdowns were over and the families can go back to seeking assistance, they could be back on the board operating immediately. So that was a very good strategy for them.
1: Ansel, why don't we go with Ansel? Because again, that's in keeping with the reporting season theme. PPE, amongst other things, but really Mm. had a boost coming from its PPE through uh, the past year or so dividend was up by 50%. There's a lot potentially in there for investors to like, but we wanted to ask a couple of expert guests. So we had uh, Kashi sit down with Mark Moreland from Team Invest and Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And here's what they had to say about Anselm.
0: Great result. Well done. Um, frankly, looking forward, you should expect lower profits, I assume in the future, unless this new PPE craze continues and it may well. Um, particularly if COVID hangs around, or just simply standards change. So you know, there's there's reason to believe maybe it has some sort of you know ability to stay at these levels. But as I said, just really really tough to stay in front. I think in this sort of industry, uh, I think you're a, you're a brave person to to hold this one for the long term. Just because, as I said, if anything goes well, you do okay. If anything goes badly at all, you probably do terribly. I don't think that
1: the bet is in your favour.
0: That Ansell has had a very very mediocre earnings growth over the last six years it's averaged three percent a year which is really only inflation and a bit so mm-hmm. it's it's been a very mediocre performer right. so this this really good profit result which has been stimulated by obviously from COVID, which we're yep. saying that is a bit of a one-off i think right. it's a solid company but just a very mediocre performer i wouldn't touch it
1: so that was mark Moreland from team invest look not going in the portfolio i guess you could figure that out on your own by listening to that uh, but i'm sure there's better places to put your money if you're interested and you like Doc picks, which we know our our audience does. Steve Johnson, uh, who I've got a lot of respect for, actually, from Forger Funds Management. Uh, We talked to him. He gave us three small caps in the reporting season that he thinks are doing quite well. So that, again, is accessible by the show notes. We haven't even touched on economics.
0: no. Well, there wasn't any.
1: <laughs> well, there was RBA minutes in that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, The for anyone who watches the
0: RBA as closely as most economists do, you really had to dig deep to find something new. So, if you weren't watching that closely, they did reiterate that their policies have kept the exchange rate down, which all Aussie exporters will be very grateful for. They're a long way away from their targets because they are an inflation targeting bank, so they will keep the cash rate. Where it is till 2024 a little bit of color about um qe coming uh well the announcement coming a little earlier they just decided that they were actually under the pump as to what everyone else was doing which is interesting because we sort of know that and Mm -hmm. we talk about that but they actually said we are very mindful of what everyone else is doing and uh, everyone else being other central banks every every other central bank has got their foot to the boards and I think the RBA does feel compelled um, to do so with the fallout being catch up with rates and catch up with the exchange rate um, keeping them as low as possible for longer Uh, the only other thing that came out today no one really looks at those weekly uh, wages and payrolls but I have to say they're climbing higher and higher every week so I think expectations are building for a good number on Thursday a couple of people today said they wouldn't rule out 50,000 increase on the month
1: yeah that's what the CBA had Uh, had estimated yesterday so maybe they were ahead of the curve look a couple of notes i've read today one from rbc capital one from capital economics you know talking about an extension of qe being likely qe3 you think so
0: sounds like a cruise ship it does <laughs> a big
1: one yeah not Who's a ruby going princess on a cruise ship <laughs> these days maybe the rba maybe
0: not i think the reason why people are talking qe3 is that the market digested qe2 probably a little too quickly like it wasn't quite the shock like in terms of really getting that currency and rates down both have climbed considerably since that decision Uh, this next program may be uh, pre-announced maybe july august but certainly not anytime soon all the rba is going to do is keep reiterating no changes near term
1: uh, the Aussie dollar paired some earlier gains today. You know, obviously commodity prices is so crucial mm. to the Aussie. Was it nearly 78 today? Hits yeah, seventy-nine. Uh, mm. The US dollar under pressure in the Asian session. I guess it's just the improving global growth outlook, the vaccine rollout that's happening everywhere pretty yeah. much but Australia. Even European stock markets had a good session, yeah. so that kept um,
0: risk appetite pretty buoyant today. Even though we did
1: have a holiday in the US. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a bit more action
0: in the US tonight. Look, I there think we had enough action, even yeah. though the US had a long weekend. Normally markets are a little snoozy without some guidance from offshore but we certainly had our own data set to uh, trade off today
1: yep and guess what Tomorrow is Busier. looking really good. <laughs> I mean, if we just take a look at who's reporting, I've made this my challenge to do it in one breath. <laughs> Asaleo, Bapcor, Car Sales, Cedarwoods, Charter Hall, Coles, Corporate Travel Management, Domino's, ABOS Group, EML Payments, Evolution Mining, Fletcher Building, Mount Gibbs, and Net Wealth. I can't do it now. No, Annette. I can't no. do it. So I'll just highlight a couple you of these. You weren't CEOs. even halfway through nah, the alphabet. No. And then I started to think <laughs> people would probably. S- be getting really annoyed with me. <laughs> but we'll be speaking with Don May from C um, from Domino's, Daryl Abotomy from Bapcor, Tom Cragen, EML Payments, Moelis Australia, um, Redbubble, Red Cape, uh Eboss. It goes on Elmo and Solari as well. So there's a there's a lot of um, CEOs that will be on the channel tomorrow. I think we could probably comfortably wrap it there any economic data no we're waiting out for jobs on Thursday. yeah no we? it's that's pretty much it jobs on
0: thursday and retail sales mm-hmm. on friday so back end of the week we get some macro in play
1: hey if you're listening from victoria we're still thinking of you there in lockdown your lockdown did have an impact on consumer sentiment that weekly read but hey we're with you and we're hoping that it all bounces back if you're looking for some thing to keep you company during the day tune into ausbiz <laughs> we're live from 8 30 have a good one see you Nat. see ya